That's my favorite part of the song, I think. What up? How are you? I'm coming at you this time from Montana. We're in the last 48 hours on the road here with the band. We've seen everything from lightning storms to windstorms to mermaids to mountains, whitewater rivers to a great rock and roll festival. That was a total riot. Can't wait to tell you about that. And then we're going to get straight into this incredible guitar hang with the super inspiring guitar hero on the rise, Yasmin Williams. You're going to love Yasmin. But first, help me thank Tascam for making this guitar hang with Yasmin possible, bringing it to us. They have this cool new thing Tascam does called the Mixcast 4. It's like a podcast workstation or a streaming workstation. Whether you do podcasts or like to stream live, this is the shizzle. Four dual XLR inputs that also could be quarter-inch inputs. Great for microphones or guitars or drum machines, effects pedals. Easy to plug in and play in this thing. Just pull it out of the box and you're recording or streaming in moments. You could record directly to an SD card or directly to your favorite software to your hard drive on your computer. Or you can do multi-track files onto that SD card and edit them later. Built-in effects everywhere, EQ, compression, reverb. Use these other channels, the bonus channels I call them, USB channel or smartphone or Bluetooth so you can fly in cool stuff live on the fly, jam along with streaming music or have someone call in and have them on your show like a radio show, your smartphone straight into the Mixcast 4, which is lightweight and portable and can go anywhere you can, so you can record and stream on the fly. Dig it. Check out the Mixcast 4 from Tascam. Thank you. Welcome to No Guitar Is Safe, episode 155, the show where guitar heroes plug in. And yes, young guitar hero Yasmin Williams is on. It's just, she's super inspiring, and we're going to get into a great hang with her. I'm Jude Gold, and right now I'm in Great Falls in the middle of this four-week tour with Jefferson Starship, and we just hit happy hour over at this place called the Sip and Dip Lounge, which is this, it's like straight out of a Coen Brothers movie or Better Call Saul or something, uh, just Midwestern country-ish bar with a huge glass tank behind the bar with mermaids swimming around in there. Live mermaid trip. And yeah, sorry, it's been a minute since the last episode with Jim Peterick, where I was in Chicago, went to his home studio and jammed with him on all his big hits, including like, and he told, told us how he created them. Like, Eye of the Tiger, go back, check that out if you missed it. But so much has been happening, touring like crazy, and then so of these latest string of shows, this Montana run has been a riot. I tell you, I had a really great 24-hour period, one of those periods where you're just so thankful that you get to be a musician and do some of this stuff. We played Rock in the Rivers Festival on a huge ranch. I played there before. It's always a great crowd, standing crowd, no silly VIP section up front with people who don't rock. All the super down fans in front, in front of the barricade, in the dust, under the lightning bolts and the crazy cloud formations. We had a moon rise behind our stage. I think it was a super moon while we were playing. It was just amazing. And um, it's kind of like a trip.
triple head headliner the way I see it. First headliner was Vixen. They got the crowd stoked with a crushing set. I finally got to hang in person with my Instagram buddy Britt Lightning and got to see Julia Lager too. The last time I saw her was at the, um, she's the bass player, at the Richie Kotzen interview that I did on this show. Don't miss that episode from a couple years back. Richie, such a great episode. So many great guitar hangs in that archive that is waiting for you in case you missed anything or you want to go back and repeat. And then Don Felder headline. He sounded great. Don Felder from the Eagles. Great band. I think Nashville guys, they were killing it. So that was super cool. But the other half of this experience was the hotel, which now, first of all, this hotel was not the Waldorf Astoria. Small place, kind of funky, which made it all the more surreal or everywhere you turn and forgive me if it sounds like I'm name dropping but there were great players from the festival I mean you turn a corner and boom I'm fist bumping Nuno Betancourt uh, someone introduced me to Gary Sharon there's Scott Stapp there's Vixen all in this small hotel off the interstate in Three Forks Montana area with a bunch of taxidermized deer heads that somebody hunted I think tragically looking down at us mournfully from the rafters yeah, but I think my favorite part of the hotel hang was the morning after our show. Came down there and had breakfast, you know, trying to conjure up some appetite for those weird-ass powdered eggs they have. David Freiberg and Donnie Baldwin from my band were already there. And Rudy Sarzo sitting right there, too. We end up having like a half-hour hang with this great legendary bass player who, if for some reason you don't know, he's, of course, Quiet Riot founding member and... Uh, Play the big Ozzy years, Ozzy Osbourne solo years with Randy Rhodes, his long lost brother. He was there until the day Randy died. And um, we talked about so much stuff from everything from like the sacred geometry of sound waves to the great pyramids. And it was cool to hear Rudy and David Freiberg, who's an OG, you know, San Francisco musician. He actually went to the pyramids and was, you know, riding around them on a horse and went inside them and everything with the Grateful Dead when they played there in like 79. Like It's these kind of hangs. I'm just a fly on the wall and super inspiring. Plus, Rudy Sarzo, he saves animals all day long. Love that guy. Everybody loves him. But the second part of that day that was so cool was when I had to say, excuse me, guys, but I got to go upstairs and do this interview with a great young player named Yasmin Williams. Yasmin, is so inspiring. She's turned her steel string guitar into like a one-woman orchestra. I love her pieces and I love her spirit. Metal and hard rock may have been kind of what got her into guitar and she studied music at NYU in New York, but she just takes every cool approach you can think of and weaves them into these beautiful pieces that are all her own. And she's now headlining all over the place. It's just super cool. And you know, it's also inspiring that she's doing this as a young black female, playing her ass off in the genre of solo virtuoso fingerstyle guitar. Is that a genre? If that's a genre, then as far as I know, it's long been dominated basically by white males or older white males. But she's just following her music and it's taking her everywhere. She's got major media features. She played the Kennedy Center. And no, she played the Newport Folk Fest a month ago or whatever with Joni Mitchell. Everyone was talking about that. I don't even know if they were the same day, but she was there, killing it. And anytime you get these new voices into a genre, cool new shit happens. And stuff gets added, as you will hear. 
Yasmin has added all kinds of cool stuff to her acoustic pieces. Nothing excites me more than a great new guitar player on the rise doing cool stuff and sounding great. Especially when I can track down that player and get them on this show. That's my treasure. Like, you know, some of you might go out with a metal detector on the golf course or something or the beach trying to find some trinkets or maybe you're at a garage sale hoping for a Klon pedal for $5. Me, I like to hunt great guitar interviews. And I think you're going to love Yasmin and love hearing her play. She's got that spirit I hope you all have when you pick up the guitar. That spirit of doing it for the fun and everything else is secondary. And I should shout out to my longtime guitar player, magazine co-worker, Jimmy Leslie. Thank you for helping me track down Yasmin. Much appreciated. Of course, I normally do this in person at a I'll go to the guest studio or whatever, or to the artist's house or to their hotel or their backstage and jam with them. But... Yasmin don't need no accompaniment. Her pieces stand entirely on their own. I didn't even need to pick up my guitar one time. And she's going to play for you all these beautiful solo pieces. And thank you, Yasmin, for doing such a killer job of recording those tracks at your house. By the way, there's one moment where we talk about go-go, this great funk genre that we both love so much, and maybe you do too. But if you're not super familiar with it, I threw in a little sample of it, but I don't think I said who it was. So that is the late, great Chuck Brown. Thanks again to Tascam and the Mixcast 4 podcast workstation. Couldn't have done it without you. Let's fire up the proverbial copter and head to the Washington, D.C. area and go over to Yasmin Williams' house. Thanks for listening. I'm Jude Gold. Keep it alive till you're 95. Okay, I'm recording here. You're recording on your uh, Logic or whatever? Yep. Reaper. What's it called? I use Reaper for this stuff. It's just easier. See, you're so dang young. Like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I use Logic and Pro Tools. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, those are good. <laughs> those are great. <laughs> Reaper is simple. That's my first impression. It's so great to see you Thank on you. the screen here. And um, I'm just so in love with your guitar playing. Thank but you. My, my first impression looking at you is, dang, you're young. <laughs> what are you, 25? 26. Super close, yeah. 26. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, from the... Uh, the bios. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time out today. Thank you, you for having me. You must be in the me. D.C. area. Yes, I'm finally back at home in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm happy to yeah, be you've home. You've been busy. It's been an extremely busy year. Yeah, a lot of touring, but it's been really fun. Would you like to start off and play us a little something or other? Sure. I'll play a little of my song, um, or should I play the whole thing? Uh, Juvenescence, I can play. My gosh, I love that song. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs>
love it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm giving you a standing ovation like you got over at Newport Folk Festival oh, recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that song is Juvenescence. Yes. And uh, that's on Urban Driftwood, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. My second record. And um, there's so much that I love about that piece. I don't know where to begin, but there's the moment when you're playing guitar traditionally, too, and then... In the middle of the song, with the string still ringing, mm-hmm. you suddenly switch the guitar to your lap. Yeah. And you start playing it like a piano. And with still having the thumb pick on your right hand, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, I just see you doing like all <laughs> the different things you want to do, putting it all together and turning into this beautiful song. And it's just mind boggling and kind of brings tears to my eyes. Oh, like it's thanks. so inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, I noticed there's a lot of, you know, I hate to break it down into techniques, but like you do some kind of cascading stuff yeah. where instead of playing a scale on the frets, anytime you can use an open string, yep. you kind of use that to make it ring. Can you show us a little sure. bit of that or so, talk about how you learned to do that? This song in particular uses a lot of that. Um, I just think ringing open, like letting the sh- open strings ring sounds better. So instead of just playing... Uh, That sounds okay, but this just sounds... I mean, it almost sounds like two guitars kind of already instead of just one. So that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And you have a nice tuning. What tuning are you in? I'm in open D right now. And you, and I, and you had a capo like at the third. Yeah, or... I capo up at, to the third fret just because the song just sounds nice in this key. I mean, I, yeah. there are no vocals in it, but I kind of think of it as like a, if a singer were to sing it, this key would be the best for this. Who needs a singer with a song like that? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no. I agree. But <laughs> Yeah, you've turned the guitar into an orchestra. Now, did you, when did you start getting into the cascading technique of using open strings for melodies? Um, really with Juvenescence? Well, I guess Juvenescence, it kind of sounds more cascady but i tend to use in a lot of my songs um i let open strings ring a lot um especially like especially the high d string i just i can't believe what i'm watching (laughs) i really like that to let that ring and i don't know i just open tunings why would I want to just bar chord everything when I can, instead of having exactly. this, that sounds nice, but that sounds better to me. So most definitely <laughs> I'm an open string nerd too. I, nice. I'm, I wrote, I wrote one article once all about open string people who use open strings, really? guitar, you know, everything from acoustic yeah. to even Eddie Van Halen mm-hmm. or, um, you know, rock players, and I, I'm proud of my title. I called it Lords of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. I'll clap for that. It's all about the headline. You've got to have a good headline, and you are an official Lord of the Ring. Oh, man, thanks. Appreciate Yasmin. the title. <laughs> it is Yasmin, yes. right? It's not Yasmin. Yes, Yasmin. Everyone seems to say Yasmin. Yes. I want to make sure. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Because you're a brand-new guitar hero. Man, I, gotta get this thanks. Right. I appreciate that. Thank you for asking. Some people just kind of say anything, so... It's yes. Yeah. So <laughs> now, when you're playing Juvenescence, you also kind of do what I would describe as Travis picking. 
Yeah. On the first part, when you're holding out, you got the bass line going like quarter notes, mm-hmm. kind of like, can you show us a little bit of sure. that? And you got a, one of those, what's your thumb pick? It's got like a, oh, one of those spring loaded ones. It is. This is a Black Mountain pick. Yeah. They're really cool. They're spring loaded, which I like a lot. I do have to, they can be kind of, um, uh, they can be very snug, so I kind of have to release the spring a little bit from my thumb so it's more comfortable. But these, this pick is the best thumb pick I've ever used. And it's like a flat pick hybrid, too. So it's a flat pick and then a thumb part attached to it via spring. It's really cool. But that's cool. It's yeah, Travis picking. Um, like, did you know that was Travis no. picking, or did you just, well, you just kind of picked it up and I didn't know. That was Travis picking until very recently. <laughs> I've, I've always heard the term Travis picking, but I just never, like, I know it's like the kind of alternating ba- whatever, but I don't, I, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you got the bass doing quarter notes and then you fit in. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I like that pattern a lot. Um, I use it a lot. <laughs> it's just natural. I don't know. Now, let's talk about some of this tapping. Like, when you, you, yeah. play it, you call it lap tapping, yeah. which is kind of a... Yeah. Because you put the guitar flat on your yeah, lap. Yeah, put the guitar on my lap. Um, and this is just an easier way for me to tap personally. When I first started playing guitar, I was playing electric guitar, and I wanted to emulate a lot of the shredder guys, um, like Buckethead and uh, Paul Gilbert and stuff. And they tapped kind of, I guess, the quote-unquote regular way of with the guitar um, horizontal, like on your, um, just the, the regular position. Um, but I couldn't really, I mean... It was just kind of awkward to do that, I guess, because my arms are very short because I'm a very small person. So reaching over to do this was not ideal. And I, you can't really see the frets that well either. So when I put it in my lap, I did that maybe like a year and a half into playing, two years after I started playing. And it just became way easier. Um, this just makes more sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I so. love that less harmonic little stab there. <laughs> Do that again. Karate chop. <laughs> yeah. Karate chop harmonics. Uh, make it look so easy. <laughs> yeah, that that probably took me the most time to learn how to do consistently. Um, it's not easy because to get the right string, you gotta point your finger at an angle, and it kind of hurts at first. So you gotta get used yeah. to that. <laughs> no. Obviously, tapping on an electric guitar is uh, a lot it's easier. It's a lot easier. Really low action and thinner strings. And I'm looking at some videos of you, and this, the strings aren't like low to the fretboard. They're board, not. But yet you, you uh, do like how you do um, get like a very every note is really strong. Thanks. Uh, my hands I, are maybe that's. I don't know. I've just gotten used to maybe because my first acoustic guitar the action was kind of high-ish, so I just got used to applying more pressure to the strings i've played some guitars like i played tommy emmanuel's guitar a few times and his action is so low it's sick it just makes me sick on the inside i don't know how his guitar (laughs) does that mine i don't know if my action could ever get that low without buzzing or creating havoc um but it was it was weird it was so easy to play but it was also weird i I like how my action is slightly higher than most other finger style players um i don't know why i like that it makes it difficult well I don't know. 
Oh my God, you're shredding. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's I'm, I guess I'm used to it, and I kind of like digging in a little more. Even though I play pretty light, I have a light touch, but for tapping, I prefer to dig in. And yeah. Yeah, on your picking hand, which still has the thumb pick on yes. it. Yes. Do you, how many fingers do you tap with? Because you got some long nails there. How do you work so that? So like, I have to have play with long nails for when I'm yeah. playing just more traditional uh, stuff like that. But yeah. um, for lap tapping, I just work around them. Um, I've just kind of trained myself to use my finger <laughs> pads and kind of not aim toward the nail. And it helps if the guitar is flat, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it does help with. You the remind me flat. of like when I go into a store or something, and some woman has nails that are like three inches long, <laughs> and yet she can still tap yeah. in the sale. How it's are you doing skill. that? It's a As skill. As a guitar player, I don't even get how you're <laughs> tapping the cash register like that. And you're doing the same thing on it's, guitar. It's here. definitely a skill. Um, my nails can't get too long, or else it gets annoying, and I have to, you know, file them. But. This is a solid length right now. They're not very, oh, they're kind of long. That's badass. Do you, are you, do you strengthen them or anything, acrylics no, or any kind of? No, these are my regular just nails. Got some good nails. I, I right do. Now. I thank my parents a lot for that, I guess. <laughs> very helpful. I do not like acrylics at all. So. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, you can thank your parents for that. Now, speaking of your parents, so you grew up in Northern Virginia. Yes. I'm trying to figure out how... You came from playing guitar here and listening to metal to where you are now. <laughs> um, so tell me first about what was your home life like? What do your parents do? Are they musicians or are they professionals? I know there's, I used to hang out a lot in D.C. And I know there's a lot of brilliant people out yeah. there. I noticed that. I'm like, my parents are definitely brilliant. <laughs> um, what do they do? They're, my dad works for like Nestle Waters. My mom works for um, Fairfax County um, School District. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, they're just regular parents. I mean, I, don't, I mean, well, they're not regular. Um, they're definitely really cool about letting me try new things, which is why we even got Guitar Hero to begin with. Um, and they've always been super supportive and have always bought me instruments that, you know, weren't cheap and <laughs> um, just kind of believed yeah. in me, even though I wasn't exactly sure if I could be a professional musician one day. Now you're the youngest of. I am in right of... in the middle. I have four brothers. Yeah. I have two older brothers and okay. two younger brothers. Um, I was the youngest for a while, but that changed. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still the only girl, so that that's nice. Now, did they play music too, or anything? Yeah, or? my older brother does. He's in a go-go band. He's in a few go-go bands. Oh, um, shout out to go-go. Yeah, One shout of my out to favorite go-go. genres. Wow. Oh, you get extra I, I points get for that. You get extra points. Oh yeah. That's what I. Well, grew I had up Mike with. Scott on here. What? You know Mike Scott? Yeah, and I know of him. The guitarist? Yeah, he's yeah he's he played with Prince. Yeah. And, and Timberlake and all that. Jeez. But he used to play in those go-go bands. Yeah, coming up in that's DC, awesome. You know, the, where the guitar becomes like that swung sixteen. It does. I played in the band for a year and a half, I believe, with my brother, and I love it. It's great. I love playing guitar and especially good for go-go, just because it's more of it's very percussive. Um. Yeah, it's a different it's the mindset. Fattest groove. Yeah, it's like very groovy, very percussive. You have to be, you know, kind of thinking ahead all the time with where you're going to place your beat because it has to match up with the drummer and the bass. Yeah, Gogo's very. Yeah. Like the timing has to be really good. 
but yeah. And when you find a good groove, there's like no bigger snare drum. Right, it's and crazy. Go-Go drummers are nuts. I don't know how they do that. It's like some of the best drummers I've ever seen. Just yeah, in the I neighborhood. Still, I need to explore it more because I still feel like I haven't found all of the juicy Go-Go music that I need to find. But I've, I'll I played hit, me up, hit me once, up after. So. Oh, My good. dad yeah. has cassettes since from like the beginning days of Go-Go. Like before Go-Go was yeah. even called that. <laughs> he knew everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I grew up with I that. Will, yeah. Everyone in my family's musical, even if they're not professional musicians. We all sang together, and we all listened to music every day in the car wherever we went. And had our own little singing parts, and it was it was great. So you got into Guitar Hero, and um, of course that was a lot of like um, hard rock. Yeah, I'd never heard the hard rock. And... I'd never heard any of that before the game. So. After hearing that, I kind of became obsessed with it a little bit. Like, wow, this is so new. Like, I was used to more hip-hop or jazz or gospel, which, or funk, go-go, whatever, which all, I love all of that. But the hard rock and metal, I was like, oh, this is a different, uh, this is cool. And I was like a preteen. So it was like perfect timing. <laughs> now, what are some of the hard rock songs or something that you remember liking? Like, hey, this is a great jam. I... What was the first song? I, one of the first songs I learned was Iron Man by Black Sabbath. And I was so proud to learn that. <laughs> I played it every day. You're playing it on your Epiphone that you, your parents got? Yes. You? Yeah. My Epiphone. Um, what was it? Special SG Cherry Red. Yeah. It was great. I brought that guitar to school with me. I tried to bring it every day. They didn't let me bring it every day. But <laughs> whenever I could. <laughs> and so you're talking about high school at that point. I'm talking about eighth grade. Yeah, middle school. Yeah, I never really brought the guitar to school. Yeah, I brought my guitar to school all the time, especially in high school. It was an everyday. I just played between classes or played during sometimes (laughs) if I had free time. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best. I went to Berkeley High School. Nice. And um, we had this classical teacher. He did the orchestra, but he also, quote unquote, taught classical guitar, which was he unlocked the guitar ladder, guitar locker. Yep. And then he's like, grab one of these. Like, don't bother me until the yep. end. Of the- Bring yep. it back. Yep. We- as long as you don't break the guitar, you got an A. I think <laughs> I took that class. And we'd play all over the building. I play in this, we always, we've always played in the stairwell. It had the mm, best yep. acoustics. Yep. And um, yeah, I think I took that class like probably almost every semester. <laughs> really? That I was at. For four years straight. You could repeat it for credit. I mean, it was a great thing. That's awesome. Like it kept kept me in school a lot more, yeah. <laughs> ironically. I we had a guitar class too. I took it for a, a one. I took it one year because I had an extra period. Um, I just kind of helped the other kids, and, and I loved the yeah, teacher. Cool. So it was cool to hang out. Well, <laughs> it was easy. I remember now that I ironically would it would keep me in school playing that guitar class and stuff, but then sometimes and many times I would just be playing so much time, so much fun that I would literally cut my. Next I was going to say you probably skip class. My, mm-hmm my afternoon classes i'm like this is... <laughs> anyway so how do you go from like iron man to <laughs> um 
I, becoming a Lord of the Rings. This ring isn't acoustic guitar. <laughs> this isn't as uncommon as it might seem. I know a lot of fingerstyle players who started out playing metal. I'm not sure what the correlation is or why that's the case, but probably. Uh, and a lot of metal fans are also fans of this style of music. Um, but for me, I just wanted to be able to play by myself and to be able to play complete like compositions. And I feel like electric guitar doesn't allow for that as easily as acoustic guitar. You need a band, basically, for electric guitar to be functional. Um, and I didn't want that, so I just tried acoustic. And I also really, I found out that I really love finger picking instead of playing with like a plectrum, like flat picking. I just love using my fingers and I love just, it's very tactile for me, um, acoustic guitar. And I've just, yeah, I, I feel like that's the main thing. Um, just loving finger picking, which is on electric guitar is possible, but just doesn't feel as great. <laughs> doesn't sound as great yeah. either. I always feel like people, like on some kind of primitive level, people understand acoustic guitar better. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. like you could have like a 12 year old kid who, you know, has been playing for two years, do a crazy thing with a million notes on distortion mm -hmm. on stage. And they might not necessarily, the average Joe, be able to tell the difference right. between that and someone who's been doing it for 15 years. Exactly. You can, but yeah. it's like, hey, that's a bunch of distortion and exactly. whittly whittly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but on acoustic, people can really, they really understand if there's something amazing going on yeah, on the, an acoustic guitar. Exactly, I agree. And acoustic is very... Um, I mean, you can't really throw on, you can throw on effects and kind of cover up if you're not a great player, but it's very difficult to do. You kind of have to be on point a lot more with acoustic guitar, especially as a solo player. Um, I'm very yeah. bare, like whenever I'm on stage, I have to, you know, just, if you're not playing well, it's very obvious. <laughs> um, and I like that challenge of that, just, and being able to hold an audience's attention just by myself is, well, you Great. certainly do that with all all the different things you do, and you, you know, you, you bring different elements to the guitar and Thank other you. objects. Would you like yeah. to play a little another something? Sure, I can use an object. Um, I have this hammer here, and I mainly use it because I I also really like the hammer dulcimer, like the sound of that. And this is yeah. the th closest thing I could find that could make a guitar sound like a hammer dulcimer. Um, yeah, it's like the ultimate open string. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can play a song called High Five.
doing it again. <laughs> Bringing the tears to my eyes. It's so beautiful. It's all just pouring out, and look, and you, you make it look so effortless because you obviously have done it for you know what do they say ten thousand hours? I think you've already done twenty thousand hours. <laughs> Thank you must you. play a lot every day, huh? You I must don't practice. I, no. Uh, used to when I first started playing guitar, I would play like four or five hours a day. Let me guess. You travel a lot. Now. I do travel a lot now, which is <laughs> my main gig. <laughs> exactly. You get paid for the travel. The rest you do for you for the life. Right. It's it's pretty crazy. I I do want to have a stronger practice regimen, but I just find that I just practicing whenever I feel inspired is great because that's usually every couple days, every three days. Um, never longer than a week. Um, and usually that's just if I need to take time off because I've just been touring and playing so much. But um, yeah, I don't practice a lot of like scales and stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't really care about that. Yeah, when I say practice, I mean, for you, you're clearly following. I mean, you have a guitar in your hands following the path <laughs> yeah, that you love. Yeah, Which, yeah. yeah. Practice is really just me sitting down and maybe writing a song or noodling around or learning another maybe learning a song i like or whatever um it's fun it's always fun it's never feels like practice well not that practice isn't fun but yeah it never feels like a chore to practice which is nice after 14 years or however long i've been playing yeah that's the greatest gift when it's not a chore yeah on a friday night uses a the song on a friday night which i believe is from your unwind yes it is that one also uses the hammer. It does. Right. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I use this in the beginning. couch, folks. <laughs> it, eats, it eats TV remotes and dulcimer hammers. And picks. Can't oh, forget the picks. There's probably a hundred in here. <laughs> yep. Do you want me to play that one? Very cool. I'll play, play a piece okay. of it. Okay. A little bit I'll of it. I'll play the hammer part. Thank you. Now, that guitar is, you know, for the uninitiated, it's definitely wild. Instead of one giant, I believe it's a sky top guitar. It is a sky top guitar, yeah. There's two so big holes on the side instead so of the, one in the, the middle. the upper bout, which is the part that's like uh, underneath your right arm or your chin, it has two yes. large sound holes. And yes. then you also have, I'm counting five very small sound holes on the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, I don't know. Six. Yeah, six. six. Um they're they're mollusk holes so this wood is um i think it was in the pacific northwest somewhere and yeah the little worms burrowed into it and it was scavenged and the holes are still here so like little worm holes they're natural is is sound is coming through those holes or are they i can't quite tell yeah that's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it helps me when i'm lap tapping um and it helps the sound propel Outward, which is why I wanted this top in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was it Eric's over. idea, actually. Yeah, Eric recommended 
that I get this for lap tapping, which was brilliant of him. I didn't know this type of wood existed. Is Eric Mr. Skytop? Yes, Eric Weigashoff is is the captain of Skytop Guitars. <laughs> yeah, cool. Good to know. Now, did you play that at the Newport Folk Festival recently? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. This is my main do guitar. A, do you have a fancy case at this point, like some kind of carbon fiber I have, thing? <laughs> I have two fancy cases. I have a Calton case, custom flight case that I love dearly. It yeah. has purple glitter. It's purple and yeah. glitter, and the inside is blue velvet. It's great. And I have a Vicesna case that I use for like domestic stuff and domestic flights because it's very light and it's very sturdy. Um, yeah, you, those cases are great. You always carry it on the plane or do you I have to check it sometimes? I always carry it on the plane like when I'm in the U.S. Europe doesn't play that, so they force yeah. you to check it. So then I bring yeah. my Calton on because I know that it's bulletproof. I went to um, India with Greg Howe. And, uh, wow. We both thought That's we could so carry far. on our guitars in gig bags. They're like, nope. That's really unfortunate. So yeah. they checked both our guitars, and we had, you know, went through Hong Kong, and we went on another flight. To, but oh it was fine. God. Both our guitars were s- fine. Really? Wow. Plane and soft bags were like, okay. I would not yeah. have expected them to be fine. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, like, tell me more about just being a young black woman in the, I mean, everyone says that the the um, genre, I don't know what genre you are. Folk, I don't know either. That is kind of like traditionally folk, I guess. white men. Is mm-hmm. is that, Have you noticed that to be the case? Are you like a yeah. minority in that for sure? And does it, what's it like? Is it just, is it a thing or is it not a thing? Everyone I feel talks like about I'm in multiple. Times. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a thing. Um, I feel like I'm in multiple guitar worlds, which is weird because the finger style community is a lot different than the folk community. They're both overwhelmingly white and male, but the folk community is more, I would say much more diverse. Um, and the finger style guitar community is very kind of uh, niche and kind of like everyone knows each other, I guess. And um, yeah, but the folk world is a lot bigger, a lot more diverse, more voices are being heard, I think. And it's, it's definitely nice to be a part of that. Um, but for me, I'm usually one of the few black people at like a festival, even, um, usually the black people there are the ones playing. (laughs) They're not really the attendees, um, which is to be expected, but it's also, I mean, I'm kind of noticing a shift a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's not much of one at my shows. My own headline shows are amazing. They're very diverse people of all ages, people of all ethnicities um i'm noticing come out which is like amazing for me um and yeah i hope that festivals kind of follow suit um a little bit more at some point but it's it is what it is i mean it's not really it's not hindering anything it's not it's whatever it's just kind of you know sometimes i get mistaken for someone else like another black female artist it happens a lot at festivals which is kind of you know it's Right. It's annoying, but it's not like horrible. I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> For the most part, festivals are great. Um the people there are super nice and they're there to hear the music, which is great. But um yeah, it's still the genres, both genres like fingerstyle guitar, folk are definitely white male things and it it just is what it is right now. It is changing though. I feel like yeah. fingerstyle guitar has more women, which is great. 
Um, and they're all super talented. And folk music has a lot more, like, black women in particular are kind of having a, or black people are having a um, kind of rise in the folk community or Americana community, which is great. Awesome. Um, yeah. Hold on, hold on one second. I'm going to, I forgot to hit record. Sure. Oh, no. <laughs> For the second part, there you go. second part here. Yeah, well, um, speaking of festivals, did you uh, see Joni Mitchell recently at the uh, thing? I did. Because you, you were at Newport. Yes, we were there. a big moment. Yeah. Everyone is. And Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Yeah. So, and you had a fantastic set. That was great. From what <laughs> yeah, I've seen. it was really cool. It was dope. It was on the bike stage, which was like a really amazing thing. So bikes were powering the stage. There were five or six bikes. And there was such a long line of people waiting to cycle in 90 degree heat um, to power that stage. It was such a community effort. It was amazing. And That's people so crazy. Watch the perf- yeah, people, kids were, kids were like riding. It was, it was amazing. It was They're so fun. I rode system. for a couple people. Yeah, it was powering the PA system. And then they had like a backup thing just in case something happened. But nothing happened from what I know from what i saw i powered a few acts it was really fun i hope that stage comes back next year and every year because it's definitely the future i think that's awesome yeah i had no idea that's what you were gonna tell me when you said the bike stage i figured it was you know sponsored by (laughs) (laughs) right no powered by bikes and solar energy it's awesome that's great now you know if, if anyone looks at your um tiny desk concert which i believe was done during pandemic because it was you, mm-hmm. you shot it somewhere um but <laughs> yeah the there's a really beautiful thing on after the storm mm-hmm. like you had me at the 12 string intro it's so beautiful mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's a, um, oh no, who, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, V, V, yeah, I don't remember, yeah, it's like, it's a griffin, essentially, but it's the mass produced one, it's not like the custom one, which to me they sound virtually the same, but it's like, instead of like a 12 string with the octaves in the string pairs, they're unison, so it has like a mandolin sound, which is interesting, And I don't use that on the record at all. Um, I just kind of changed it up for the Tiny Desk show. So um, beautiful. And then, of course, you do like four different parts. You're flying yeah. in, four different cameras yeah. going. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, might as well use that opportunity since I don't have to be, I couldn't be at the actual like Tiny Desk. So I figured make it good. <laughs> just have the different <laughs> camera angles. And we had like 12 cameras. I don't know how many cameras um, Jeff, the engineer Jeff Gruber, put up. 
it was, I think it was eight. He wanted to capture like basically every angle, yeah. <laughs> and the sound was incredible as it always is with him. So it was great. That's cool. So does he engineer your records or? He engineered Urban Driftwood, yeah, and it was filmed in his cool. studio, which is in um, that one's in Kensington, Maryland. So it's all local. I like to so use local PBS, things. They gave yeah. you some budget to uh, hire Gruber. So to do it. that was so the or Tiny Desk, NPR. Yeah, I don't know if that. I thought that was yeah. the same thing. I mean, I'm mixing it up. Yeah, right. NPR. They. I mean, I just did it. They don't really give you a budget. They just tell you to do it, right. and then you do it because well, it's tiny desk. Like most of the things <laughs> that you seem to do, you you know, you delivered tenfold what was asked. Like on that, I tried. Video. I yeah. really tried. It took me a while to get it done. It took me several months. <laughs> and um, do you run any reverb or effects live to kind of like right now? You have like maybe a plugin going. I don't know what. I but, have my pedal board. My guitar is just running through my pedal board. I'm not miking okay. it right now because I just didn't feel like it. But um, I just use a yeah. Tone Dexter by Audio Sprockets, which is like a preamp slash DI slash amazing thing. So mm-hmm. how it works is you connect the microphone into it. I use my 451B by AKG. And you record wave maps, essentially which is it just the tone dexter picks up how your guitar sounds with this specific microphone and then you can save that into the tone dexter and then you can use whatever microphone you want and save it as a preset so if you want your guitar to sound like it's marked with a a newman you just go to that preset um and it sounds this is the most natural like guitar acoustic guitar sound i've ever heard um sounds without the guitar being mic'd so yeah, and yeah. Where does it the can sound great through from? Zoom. Then I oh, have a. That's a, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I have a Afterneath by Earthquaker Devices. I got it recently. I had a Big Sky, which I really like, but it was just too big, and it was an um, it was just too much. The Afterneath is just yeah. a regular size pedal, and it sounds. It's not even a reverb. It's I think it's like it uses like a delay algorithms to make reverb. Right. And it sounds really, really, it has a lot of character, which I like. The Big Sky kind of can sound a little too perfect sometimes. Right, interesting. Yeah, I'm and in I'm Montana right now. Big Sky country. So um, Nice. Is That's that your cool. primary I've effect never been that there. you would use? Is that, um, Reverb? Yeah. yeah. I have other pedals. I have a looper. I have a um, microcosm, which I really love that pedal by Hologram Electronics. Um, but that's more niche. For general stuff, I just use, I just, I'm a reverb obsessed person. So if I could have a whole pedal board of reverbs, I would, but that wouldn't make any sense. So I just chose this one and I have a tuner and the Tone Dexter and that's it <laughs> for now. This is my small board. Well, that's fantastic. Now, of course you do a lot of other stuff. Like you, I know that you have a harp guitar, you have a Cora yes. and you yes. put a kalimba on the top of your guitar for like the song yes. through the woods. And you yes. mix that in with the actual guitar playing. And on that one, you mm-hmm. also have tap shoes. So you're tapping and tapping. Yes. And of yep. course, you guys got that on the film too, nicely on that moment. <laughs> yeah. Tiny desk concert. <laughs> yeah. Tap shoes are cool to use. I um, I just started doing that because my hands were, oops, sorry. My hands were always busy. So yeah. 
I so really are you love bringing percussive that out stuff. Now on tour, do you um, have tap shoes and everything? Or <laughs> oh yeah, I've had tap shoes on tour for a while. Um, but now I use two instead of one, so to get the kind of polyrhythm type thing happening. I need to get. I don't know. I wish I could take tap lessons to actually learn how to tap yeah. dance, but that's you just, that's later. You just gave me a visual of somebody tap dancing with only one tap shoe on. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> click, click, click. Yeah, so. that was basically what I was doing. <laughs> and then, you know, on that song, Through the Woods, there's a part after mm-hmm. the kalimba part, too. It's like a tap part or something. It's, I can't remember yeah. what it was. It's so juicy. Can you remember that part? The... The that part? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the song, I think. I love that part. It's probably my favorite part of the song. Well, you're brand new um, to touring, basically now a year or two or three. I mean, that's for me. I've been I'm on, on the road with Jefferson Starship for ten years, and that's like my oh fifth my goodness. Band. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, I'm so. I'm such a beginner when it comes to touring. This is my first kind of touring full calendar touring year. Where and it's are just you super traveling busy. a lot solo, or and tell me what's, yeah, what's it I been like? I have a tour manager. It's been really good. My tour manager is great. Um, she comes with me to a lot of the big things and to Europe she was there and um all that stuff but i do tour a lot by myself which i don't mind um i actually like it um it's a lot of work but i don't know just being able to catch up with friends and all this in basically every city i know somebody and um just hanging out especially at festivals festival season i love festival season a lot me too i get to see everyone it's just fun but touring is a lot of work um i've definitely had a few like mental breakdowns because of just how much work it is. Um, and just not being home is What part difficult. is the, the most work or the most like stressful mental breakdown? It's kind the of work? traveling. <laughs> it's the yeah. traveling and also just the logistics, like just booking everything, making sure things line up, making sure there aren't any issues, making sure my guitar is okay, making sure I'm okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of different like variables and then like coming home and wanting to relax but there's always some there's always something to do in this career there's never really any idle time yeah um which i have to get used to but it's it's fine yeah you get to play guitar for (laughs) yeah like i can't complain at all i mean i'm getting paid to do what i love to do Oh yeah, I and, mean, there's no doubt that you would be doing that whether you were getting paid or not. It's it's yeah. pure pure thing that we're hearing here. So that's yeah, what I love about it's it. It's just thank you. It's amazing. I mean, just being a musician and being able to kind of pull this off and still be inspired to keep writing music and just keep putting out the best I can do is really nice. I would like to continue to do this for a long time. Hey, so. you're on the way. No doubt. <laughs> this is no doubt. <laughs> well, do you want to play Thank one last you. little thing or something? or Sure. To uh, take us out? I can I'm do... Really... Hmm. Once again, I just have to thank you so much for doing this session over the Zoom. Thank and taking you for time having out of your, me. Your Friday morning here. It's really been of fantastic. Of course. Really Thank enjoyed you. it. 
I appreciate you asking me to come on here. And I'm always happy to get my Zoom chops back in order, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I hope we can do a show sometime. Maybe have you uh, yeah. play with a, do a, like when we play a theater or something, maybe you can open the show or something. That'd be, That'd be sick. Incredible. That'd be sick. Yeah, or maybe we'll open for, for you. Right. Yeah. Six <laughs> months from now, we'll be. Well, <laughs> stop. No. <laughs> no, you're happy. Thank you, but no. I can play a little bit of a new tune I've written. Um, it doesn't have a name yet, but. beautiful i love it i am thank you this is why i do guitar journalism for those moments where i get to just be a fan again you know what Aww, i mean like i thank interview you. people all the time but every once in a while i'm just like i'm just been reminded of everything <laughs> i love about playing guitar so thanks i appreciate for doing that it. so much thank yeah, you thank you for having me this was yeah, fun cool keep it alive till you're 95 yes i always absolutely. say that that's the goal <laughs> that is the goal no, the time is safe.